This is not your century. This is Not Your Century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. February 23, 1945. It's the fifth day of fighting on the island of Iwo Jima, a dot in the Pacific Ocean, about halfway between Tokyo and Guam. American Marines and naval forces had invaded on the 19th with the aim of capturing Iwo Jima from the Imperial Japanese Army. They wanted to use it as a staging area for attacks on the Japanese mainland. Victory was all but assured, but it wouldn't come easy. Japan was outmanned and outgunned on Iwo Jima, with no avenue for retreat and no hope for reinforcement. The Americans also had total supremacy in the air. But the Japanese, with their ethic of never surrendering, fought fiercely. The battle would last five weeks, killing about 18,000 Japanese soldiers and almost 7,000 Americans. The island's highest point is Mount Suribachi on the southern end. It's about 550 feet. By that fifth day of fighting, the mountain was cut off from the rest of the island, with Japanese soldiers dug into a series of bunkers and tunnels. The Marines fought their way up the hill with orders to plant the battalion flag when they reached the summit. It wouldn't be a final victory, but a key moment. The first foreign flag to fly on Japanese soil during the war. The Marines got to the top, found a piece of metal pipe, tied the flag to it, and planted it. At the foot of the mountain, the Marines and sailors cheered when they saw it. Ship's whistles blew. Celebration was brief. Fighting began again. A few hours later, the battalion commander sent a bigger flag up the hill with orders to replace that first one. He wanted troops all over the island to be able to see it. Six members of E Company found another, bigger piece of pipe, tied the bigger flag to it, and they raised it on the summit just as the smaller first flag was lowered. An Associated Press photographer named Joe Rosenthal had trudged up the mountain with the Marines who were carrying the second flag. He knew the act of raising it would make a great photograph, if he could capture it. He'd only have one chance. Most of this kind of stuff is like shooting a football play, you know. And then I estimated where they would be, where the flag would be, how tall is this thing, how much far back I need to get in order to get them in. That's Rosenthal talking to the Associated Press late in his life. He found a place to shoot from, and a Marine cameraman named Sergeant Bill Janost set up right next to him. Janost asked if he was in Rosenthal's way, and just as he said, no, Bill, you're fine, he saw the flag going up. I swung my graphic around close up to my face and held it, watching through the finder, see when I could estimate what's the peak of the picture. And I thought it should look good. And I could only hope that it turned out the way that I looked at it through the finder. It did. The photograph was on the front page of thousands of newspapers around the world over the next few days. Bill Janoust rolled his movie camera, too, which is why if you ever see a film clip of that moment, it's almost the exact same angle as the famous photograph. Rosenthal's picture won the Pulitzer Prize, and it's now one of the most famous photos ever taken. Three of the six men in the photo were killed later in the Battle of Iwo Jima, which continued for another month. So was the Marine cameraman, Bill Janoust. The three men thought to be the survivors became celebrities after the battle as they went on tour selling war bonds, They were part of a drive that raised more than $26 billion. 
There were some misidentifications of the men in the photo, the last of which wasn't worked out until 2016. But there's no question that one of the survivors was a Pima Indian named Ira Hayes. He struggled with discrimination and alcoholism after the war, and he died of exposure and alcohol poisoning in 1955. He's immortalized in a song made famous by Johnny Cash, The Ballad of Ira Hayes. Call him drunken Ira Hayes. Rosenthal's photo ran on page one of the San Francisco Chronicle on February 25th. Three days after that, the Chronicle published a letter to the editor from a Mrs. J.F. Provo, who called the picture one of the most striking she'd ever seen. She wrote, I suggest that this picture be used as a model in creating a memorial to our valiant Marines. And that's exactly what happened. The Marine Corps War Memorial in Arlington, Virginia, based on the photo, was dedicated in 1954. Joe Rosenthal was 33 when he took the picture. The wartime secretary of the Navy said of him, he was as gallant as the men going up that hill. Rosenthal was, ironically, ineligible for military service because of poor eyesight. But he saw as much action as anyone, from the London Blitz to battles all over the Pacific. In January of 1946, Rosenthal joined the staff at the San Francisco Chronicle. It was his second stint in the city. He'd worked for the San Francisco News in the 30s. He expected to be here for a few years before moving on, but he stayed for 35 years, retiring in 1981. Every time he left the office to take a news photo, whether it was Willie Mays' first visit to San Francisco or some ordinary house fire, the man taking the picture was the man who'd taken one of the most famous pictures of all time. That photo, its official title is Raising the Flag on Iwo Jima. It made Joe Rosenthal famous but he always tried to put the spotlight on the men he called my Marines. He said, I took the picture. They took Iwo Jima. Joe Rosenthal died in 2006 at the age of 95. I'm King Kaufman, and this has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Get great journalism today and support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. We now return you to your century.